There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. Wow. 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 We are. You know what? We're down under. More like mom. Everything's upside down. <laughs> what? Wow. W O W. It's you flip it upside down, mom. Mom. I have to go to the hospital because of that joke. I have to go to the hospital. I have to talk to a doctor about getting my blood cleaned yeah. from that joke. Absolutely. We're in Australia. We're in Australia. Absolutely. Uh, welcome to the last podcast on the left. We're doing it. Uh, we're got our silly pants on today, folks. It's a relaxed fit episode. And yes. you can tell because there's so much more room for my butt to swim in this episode. Absolutely. And the boys, they said, Ben, you're allowed to have a beer while recording just once. We actually didn't give you permission. No, not at all. <laughs> no, you did not ask, nor did we give. Um, but So I'm drinking the Three Sheets Lord Nelson mm. as a pale ale. Very wow. good. Honestly, great beer here in Australia. We have had nothing but um, a lot of beer. A lot. I, there's a lot of what you could say was we were seeing, we were drinking beers last night in yes. Adelaide. So we're we're recording this episode. This is coming out in like I don't know when this is coming out. This is like two week. weeks. Yeah, yeah, week. like a week and a half. We'll we already be either be back in the United States or in uh, no, we'll all be back in the United States by the time this episode comes out. I Absolutely. have no idea what day it is today. No, I feel no. like I'm in a casino, but this is just like the my my brain is soft, malleable. I'll end up, you know, saying and doing things that I won't even remember. Um you also were in a casino. I did go to an actual casino. Yeah. Yeah. And it actually made me feel normal. Isn't that weird? That's very sad. Yeah. That's very sad. But we are uh so we are we're in the middle of Australia. This mm -hmm. is the first time we're recording here. So, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, we're in Sydney right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do like that you guys are. At the very least, we know what like, city we're in. I'm not sure if you guys are informing the audience of where we are or uh, if you guys are just trying so to figure so. it out. <laughs> yes, we are recording live in Sydney at this kick-ass hotel, by the way. If you do have a chance to get down to Sydney, the QT Hotel, QT Hotel, is just awesome. It's baller. It's yeah. so, like, there is a tub. In there's my, a tub. There's a tub, and I got into the tub the oh, first day I was here. God, how and do you know what's so funny is? How long did it take you to run, to run your bath before you can get in? Uh, it takes like an hour. You know, for me, ten minutes because I fill the water. I, I need, I need just two inches wet. of water. Yeah, I need two inches of water. That's all I need, and then I put my big old body in there, and it's all filled up. It's like how they clean rhinos at the zoo. <laughs> I can see just you, just like with the water up to your nipples, and you got two rubber duckies. You're kissing them like, oh, I wish you were a pair of bris. And then you got your weird big feet hanging out of the top of the water. Yeah, that was basically it. Yes. But so far. What a magical land this is. It, it really, really is. is. And what a magical land of crime. Le I, honestly, there are so many people who came up to us, especially because we did a show in Adelaide yesterday, which I guess is the murder capital of Australia. Right. And everybody's so excited. To tell you that that's the fact that they are—they're so excited to be like, you have an idea how many rapes happen here, right? <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think they're uh, the state bird of Al uh, Adelaide is just a crooked smile. It's just like, oh, yeah, 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 but it's yeah. such a nice town. Gorgeous. That's the weird thing about it is that it really is like those weird British dramas where, like Broadchurch, where it seems like the most beautiful town on earth, but there's just murder happening every other week. But people are super chill. Yeah, totally chill. They're super chill, but yeah, there's obviously. 
obviously something underneath the underneath the waters here because as we were researching, because mm-hmm. now we were trying to figure out what do we want to do with this for this relaxed fit episode, right. right? Besides just fucking enthrall you <laughs> of with course. stories from the road, absolutely, um, like this how is- Kissel farts. <laughs> oh my! I did, I've been very good. I've been very good on this trip, you by the way. Been. From when it comes to toots, as a matter of fact, Marcus is the opposite because he hasn't been pooping. Yeah, but that's not hurting anybody but him. Exactly. <laughs> Marcus can't shit on the road, mm-hmm. and so it's been sort of a fun... It's like... I'm not going to say this. It's like hanging out with your fun uncle, but you always have to say stuff where you're like, Marcus, did you shit last night? In <laughs> right. a very kind of concerned manner. Yeah, and I try. I, I had something that was called like... Mar-mar? Mar-mar? Uh, it was something really weird, like a really weird cereal this morning, and it got things going. Wow. So okay. thank you. That's great. Maybe it was the crystal meth you sprinkled on top of it to stay awake, because we have been traveling. We have been traveling nonstop... I think that we just live in Australia now. I realize we've only been here for five days. Yes. But we got a lot more days left. Absolutely. Perth was completely gorgeous as well. I get why people live out here. Rugby's a great sport. I watched some of that. And do you know what they have in rugby that we don't have in American football? A lot of male butts. Yeah. There were so many tight butts, they just pulled down each other's pants. But no one laughs. No. They're beating the hell out of each other. It's really and scary. I'm like, that's a massive butt. And everyone's just like, play on. And I'm like, in America... I mean, it would be. Remember when Janet Jackson accidentally maybe showed her nipple, it was and she still staged. banned. But that was like in America, we're like, <gasps> it was like a, it was a, it was a collective gasp, gasp that is still going on today. Yeah, it's very strange about why there's not more nude butts in the NFL. But in rugby, there is. I did see a donger. I have seen the. Uh, well, I watched a little bit of it, and yeah. eventually, I do feel like it does. It's kind of like jerk-off material here, it, right? It absolutely could be. It's hot guys running fast, hitting on each other. It could be, but I'm not sure it's specifically jerk-off material. No, no it's, it's a game, Marcus. <laughs> it's definitely not officially jerk-off material. It's not like but an that's open the- secret that everyone in Australia is just jerking off to rugby. I no. feel like it's a it's a medium. Like It's like a, like a half-open oh, yeah. closet door secret that you're going to jerk off to rugby because it's a bunch of wet... Men wrestling with each other, which I don't understand why there's not a ladies. There is ladies rugby. rugby. I've seen it like multiple times on television. Yeah, every time you say during a live show there isn't ladies rugby, there's like ten women in the crowd that all say there's ladies rugby. But it's not professional. It is professional. No, not because why are they wearing clothes? (laughs) It's it's professional, you pervert. Because they don't want it to be a jerk off. It's not the ladies. It's not the ladies wrestling channel on Kink.com. Why not? Thank you. Because it's a sport. Kink.com. Thank you, Kink.com. It's a sport, Henry. I'm just saying, yeah, there's a lot of sports out there that could be done with a lot more scissoring. You know, women have done a lot of progress when it comes to athletics, as a matter sure. of fact. The female... Swoozy soccer, Kurtz! Swoozy... I don't know who Swoozy Kurtz No, that's the actress. Is You're that a porn star? Cheryl Swoops. Yes. And Cheryl Swoops at Texas Tech University. Well, oh. It's all come full circle. I'm so happy we finally got to mention in Cheryl Swoops. She was huge when she came out. She was one of the first people in the WNBA to really make it big and famous. Mm-hmm. But I will say this. The U.S. women's soccer team, they need to get paid what the men are getting paid right now, and the men should all be just working at a gas station. Because the women actually win. They win! Yeah. yeah. I love our women's soccer team. Me too. And they're known around the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. It's U.S.'s soccer team. Yes, yeah, I certainly would be known. But I feel like we, I mean we kind of went off my subject of imagining a bunch of big, no. burly women all slapping each other's breasts, and but still kicking a big ball. But isn't that funny how you brought it back? Yeah, isn't that funny because we were like maybe we shouldn't talk about that so much, but then we are just going to talk about it. We can do this the whole time. That's all I think about <laughs> while I'm here. I mean, Natalie's not here, but you've been a really good behavior because Carolina's been with us. Yes, which yes. is really nice to have a, a female flavor. 
in the bus. Yeah, I mean, we're not honestly, just so gross. Yeah. It's not just a bunch of gross dudes. Like, there's a really nice lady along with Okay, yeah. well, let me just say that, first of all, we're always on very good behavior because I watch documentaries of how bands used to act, and um, we're like grandpas. <laughs> we missed the just, good years. Uh, we missed the good times. And everyone was just having fun. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't happen. But I mean, they almost died. Duh. But we and, almost died, but I think they it's were all just also in their, uh, they, they were also in like their early twenties, though. Like we're all in our like mid to late thirties. I have deep vein thrombosis. We've been flying so much, my ankle is swollen up the size of a goddamn chunky New York pigeon, and at any point it could all end. This is sadder than anything we've covered on the show. Isn't that fun? <laughs> Isn't that fun? Yeah, you know, if we want to, we can get in a little bit of Adelaide true crime. Well, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but yes, so we've had a wonderful time here, and we've met a lot of great people. So thanks so much for having us in your country, Australia. I do want to eventually get into the Australian UFO scene, because I had a lot of people talk yeah. to me about how, like, we had, we had a long conversation with our friend Wade last night, who lived in the Outback for and his Wade, whole childhood. And you and, might know Wade from our last stream on the left. He is... He does, uh, his name's Dankmas on the Dankmas. internet. Yeah, he does some awesome uh, Simpsons videos out there, and he also um, did a little bit of work for our live show. He made the song for the Casey Anthony video. Wonderful man. Yeah, yeah, wonderful dude. But the way they seem to explain the outback to me, which is, I mean, I don't know if it's just a pedantic way to explain to an American tourist, but it does seem to be a land of mystery. They were like, you go out there, and it's just, they're like... Reality changes. It's different out there. You go out there and it's something. It's something special. You see uh, wow. wolves in the sky. You see gibbous. They dance and beat. And I'm just like, that's incredible. But they say wow. you go out there and you can get very easily lost. You have to sing the song of the Aborigine. What? Is, how does that go? I'm not dead. <laughs> we'll, we'll ask an actual Aborigine person to sing it. We'll record it, but and they, we'll let everyone know what it sounds like. They tell stories. Of their histories through song. Yeah. And they harmonize with each other. It's very interesting. But there's a lot of UFO activity in the outback. Because yep. you go out there and, it, it, again, it, it's supposed to be the realm of the unreal. Ooh. But I want, so I want to go. But at the same time, I wish there was a hotel. It's very <laughs> far away. It's extreme camping. And you don't want to go camping at, like, a national park in America. I don't think you'd handle the outback. You're a city guy. I can't. Do it. I, I can't know. do it. I need my memory foam. I know you do. But yes, we had some great fans. Uh, many of them said they saw a boatload of UFOs. So if you're out there, you've seen a UFO, side stories uh, at uh, side sto- email, side stories, L-P-O-T-L, at gmail.com. Send us your footage, and uh, then we can show it on the stream. I'm, again, I will say to you, the footage part of UFO sighting actually doesn't matter because it's about it the does communications though. with the other. Henry. You, Look, at, there is camera. no film in this camera. No, there was film in the camera in Wayne's World, the life that we're living now. Because if you don't document it, much like, oh, I'm not going to bring up anything serious. Much like if you do a, a long performance, for example, and then no one is there to film it. And you worked really hard on this long performance. Maybe it was a 12-hour long show. Or oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually, it was like really, really cool for the people that were there drinking a bunch of beer for 12 hours. Really cool for them. But they but are subtweeting about it. Murder <laughs> Fist did. Murderfist, our sketch group of 15 years, they we did a 12-hour show, 112 yes. sketches that we did, and technically we broke the Guinness World of Records for longest sketch show. Technically you did. No one but, came. But you did. No one, no one <laughs> yeah. from Guinness came to record it um, because um, we were too fucking drunk. To email a person to fucking show up. And then also, uh, there is no evidence of it. So it's like we didn't do it. That's what I'm saying with UFOs. But 
UFOs is about a personal relationship with the other side of the universe, with the dark side. Well, we talked when yes. we talked with Dan Aykroyd last. Oh, week, that was amazing. A lot of what he said. He is very much a part of the nuts and bolts community. Mm. So he, when I try to bring up some of the psychic stuff, he can talk upon it as he did. You know, Jacques Vallée stuff. Oh you know, yeah, he does, but he's not a Jacques Vallée kind of guy. He's way more into seeing the ships, which I totally understand. So you're actually crazier than Dan Aykroyd. Not that Dan Aykroyd is crazy, nor is the term crazy bad. No, what it is, is that Dan Aykroyd was from one generation and someone else has to take the helm, has to take ufology into the next generation of ah. TNG. I'm ufology TNG. Oh, you're right. What, is, what does that mean? The next, next generation? generation? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I believe Star it. Trek. Well, I had a great time speaking with people at the bar, although last night in Adelaide, we ran into... It was a badass band. It was really good. The lead singer... I'm going to say... They were really good. They played a passable cover no, six no, days no, on the road. Yeah. You missed. You missed. I want to give this guy a shout out. I'm going to mention his name because I thought he was a... Unless maybe I shouldn't. What if he's a horrible person? I don't know. Let's wait. <laughs> okay. Because you know what it was? They weren't... It's not that they were great. They were good. But mostly, they were there. <laughs> and it was nice that we were there, too, because we went to Adelaide on a Monday night. So we got around early at our show. We're ready to go get hammered yeah. somewhere because we had off the next day today. And so we're like, all right, let's like, let's Adelaide go. Let's get in a roundabout. Honestly, dude, this Australian accent, this trip, that is the best Australian accent Australian that I have ever accent, heard. I will say this. It's absolutely more impressive in person. It's beautiful. It's impressive. Yeah. It's beautiful. It is it's beautiful. subtle. Everybody here is cool as fuck. It's just one of those. We're, we're staying. Absolutely. We're staying. But when we went, I tried to go out in Adelaide, they're like, ah, it's a Monday. It's like, what does that mean? They're like, oh, people don't go out on a Monday. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, they do. I got drunk on a Monday by... Entire life, sure. up until now, up as, until literally this day. As a matter, as a matter of fact, in America, they do like cheaper beer on Monday. Yeah, because they're like, please come. Yeah, come and drink. Yeah, but yeah, we went to the one bar that was open in the Adelaide. One bar in Adelaide is one point two million people. So you really would think that it would be more than one. But this place was such a fun little like groovy kind of nichey cute place. Gareth Everson's? No, get <laughs> uh, Emma Bumbles. Get no, we should mention the Emmy Emily's Emily's <laughs> list. I don't know what is it. Hotel. <laughs> It was called the, oh, Gertha, mm, nope, Grace Emily Hotel. Grace yeah. Emily. It was wonderful. I actually, though, I did accidentally make a small blooper because there was this girl there. No. And she was really Kissel, sweet. but she was never done I know, before. a small blooper where she was like, it's my birthday. And I was like, and she's like, guess how old I am? And I'm like, okay, <laughs> so I am going to do what is the polite thing to do, which is Safely. overshoot. 25 to 30 years younger. I I like that when I'm like, oh, it's my birthday. When someone's like 25, I'll be like, yeah, 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 no, I'm not. Thank you. So I thought the appropriate response to undershoot this to be a polite American was 34. I was like, oh, are you 34 years old? Because I thought she was at least 50. And then she almost cried because she's like, Yes. How'd you know? And then I think she wanted to marry me. Yeah. <laughs> but I really would. She. Anyway. She. Happy birthday, she, random woman. She led a, a life. She led a life that gave her an experienced face. I just thought that she would. I thought that was the nice answer. But in, no, instead, it turned out like I was the dude from the uh, Sword in the Stone, and I was the only one to pull the fucking sword out. You know what you do next? If you ever do that again, and that it works out just like that, you then do the Thena. <laughs> like, you know, you give her a gypsy curse. Oh, uh, very but, nice. She, uh, I always hit, just do the, just do the hack joke. You 18? What like, is the hack joke? What are you, 21? <laughs> you have to do that. You have to really, really, really exaggerate. Henry, you saw this woman. I did exaggerate. 
I, I, I really, and this is not to criticize anyone's physical beauty whatsoever. It was just a small, I was trying, it was a small blunder. Yeah. But of course she didn't even realize it. I think she looked, you Ew. know what? She looks great. How do I, how do I audibly describe backtracking? How does that sound? That's why I always hit and you're like, you don't look a day over 14. <laughs> <laughs> well, while we were in Adelaide, we were gifted this fucking awesome book called City of Evil yeah. by Sean Fuster. Okay. Uh, and I started reading it this morning. I got through uh, the introduction uh, and the first chapter, and Adelaide is fucked up. Really? Well, this was what people were saying. I forget. Because I guess growing up, we're growing up in New York, all that kind of shit. It's like growing up in a, a technically adjacent to a bad neighborhood, right? You right. forget that other places are going to have really bad neighborhoods. Sure. And we go to Adelaide, and it's this cute city, really and everybody's pretty. really nice, and everyone was like, "You don't want to go out by yourself." And I was like, "Why?" He's like, "You're going to get awed." No, like, I'm honestly, gonna get, they're going to get me, and they they're like. Might. It is filled with it. No, I mean, it wasn't so much the sexual st- stuff that we would have to worry about. I think it was more of the knife to the fucking dome. Yeah, people said they would fucking, they would kill us. And then you start really looking at the surface, and I didn't realize the Snowden murders happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I started researching a little bit into the family murders, which we're just going to have to do an entire episode yeah. about. This yes. is the, if you look up the family murders... This shit's fucking wild. Yeah, absolutely. And it is just a gorgeous, sleepy little college town on the outside, but on the inside, it's full of much more. Well, listen to this quote from Salman Rushdie. That Salman Rushdie made a quote this book? <laughs> well, it's actually a quote from Adelaide Writers Week, 1984. Okay. Uh, but it's the quote that's put at the beginning of City of Evil, which I'll recommend, that even without finishing the whole thing, like, I'll recommend it. Like, this book, it's well-written. Okay. Uh, it's got a great voice to it. It's fucking great. I would definitely recommend it. You know one chapter in, you know it's a great book. Yep, I All know, right. yeah. Well, the, the, I mean, I wouldn't say, that, like, I don't know it's a great book, okay. but at the very least, I know it's worth finishing. I know okay. it's worth reading. Great. Uh, but here is uh, the quote. Adelaide is the perfect place to set a horror story. You know why all those films and books are always set in sleepy conservative towns? Because sleepy conservative towns are where those things happen. Exorcism, omens, shining, poltergeist. Adelaide is Amityville or Salem, and things here go bump in the night. Ooh, cool! A little bit is because when we were wandering around at night, oh, you can kind of feel a little bit of the vibe. Because it's one oh, thing yeah. I've noticed so far, especially like here in Sydney, all these cool bars you go at in Sydney, yes. it's all this fucking speakeasy shit. So you can't you can't find a bar. You have no clue where it is until all of a sudden you show up and it's a good time, which is great. But they expect you to walk down. These like foot clan alleyways yeah. until I go down there being like, I'm not going down there. I'm too pink. Well, I'm such a pink little cute little boy. What are they going to do to me? Now? I mean, to be fair, I think we're the ones who look scary. You look scary. I, you know, it reminds me of that joke with Doug Stanhope when he was walking uh, down yeah, the street yeah. and he saw a group of people and he crossed the street because they were so scary. And then he when he showed up on stage, they were in the front row. Yeah, he was his fans. <laughs> so I don't know if we were so much at risk, but. Well, from this book, from the introduction, like I'm going to read a, a couple of things, like some of the information this guy gives about Adelaide is that he says the reason why Adelaide is so dangerous, the reason why such bad shit happens, like there's a couple of different reasons why, but part of the reason is how it was founded because Adelaide was one of the few main cities, actually it was the only main city in Australia that was not founded by convicts. So it's worse then? Well, would, but wouldn't, that, wouldn't that be counterintuitive? It was a free man city. No, because... What are the what are the richer classes, the higher classes? They believe that they're more important 
than anybody lower than them. When you when you show up here as a criminal, like you're in a sea of other criminals. It's like right. you're kind of on the same page with everybody. This is obviously my interpretation, but it does seem like when you come from like an aristocratic background sure. and you show up because this becomes like a little vacation town from you from soggy fucking UK, Balls, right? Yeah. You come out to fucking Australia where it's just like you got you got big titted women just coming out of the out of the sand. So maybe kind of the Robert Durst effect. Yes, where you look down go, on Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean well what it was is that it wasn't founded by convicts, plural, it was founded by a convict. How? Singular. This guy Wakefield. His name was Edward Gibbon Wakefield. Love it. Yeah, and uh, he uh, just a few months before, like, kind of founding Adelaide, like founding the idea of like this free city. Uh, he had done a three-year sentence for kidnapping a 15-year-old girl. Uh, oh, in, my. And he became the mayor? Mm-hmm. In 1826, he had conspired with his brother to abduct Ellen Turner, a rich manufacturer's daughter, who caught his eye. Wakefield lured the girl into his trap by way of a false letter, warning Miss Turner her mother was gravely ill. Once the teenager was in his clutches, Wakefield took her to Scotland and demanded she marry him, saying it was the only way to spare her family financial ruin. That's called dating. A mayor. <laughs> I guess so. Also, I do that term like she caught my eye. It's like, did you throw it her way? Like, did if she really was just walking? Well, and then you're like, oh no, she caught it. I don't know if she really did. No, because you know what catches my eye? The meat pies. You know what Dude. I mean? When I saw like they have out here, they have those big soggy looking meat pies. Yeah. That catches my eye it because does. I will pick it up and consume it. If a woman were to catch my eye, that means I'm going to pick her up. And consume it. Oh my goodness. Honestly, okay, what do we think? Not to get off topic, but you mentioned the beef pies. I'm going to say I only had one. Not my favorite thing. You only had one. I only had one, so I need to experience it again. But Marcus, you had a beef pie. I've had two, and, and I love them. And both good? I love them but so much. But he also likes blander food. And no, that's not true at all. I'm a ja- I am love spice. He likes you the like My favorite drinks. food is chicken vindaloo. I'm an expert food. on chicken vindaloo. You only like... Chicken vindaloo. No, I don't. I like also. I like sog pernom. What the hell's a sog pernom? <laughs> That's a, Does that it is come an, with the side of the gout? What an Indian asshole person. <laughs> oh, is that right? But you had the beef pie and you liked it. That's fine. Okay. Well, this is what this guy. This is what this guy says about Adelaide. He said because it's uh, the big. The myth is that Adelaide is the murder capital of Adelaide uh, of Australia. Okay, but it's not actually the murder capital capital of Australia. There's other towns that have much higher murder rates per capita. Right. It's so, just that Adelaide has the weirdest murders and it has the weirdest crime. He said, huh. in a murder town, you would only have to be. You would only have to worry about being killed by a crazed deviant. In Adelaide, you have to worry about the crazed deviants not only killing you, but robbing you, raping you, kidnapping you, stealing your sons, sexually assaulting your daughters, murdering your wives, and poisoning your curried egg sandwiches. Cool. Could have done without that, sir. <laughs> well, honestly, at least they do all of it. That's that horrible. Is, uh, that no, that's horrible. not. That that is, that's not what do you mean? At no, least I, they do all of it. That's, not, just, that's a horrible thing to I, say. For those listening, Henry just has a reflex. Whenever he hears something, dare I say, Interesting, because you're a positive person at heart. I would say words like "cool," "awesome," but when Marcus just that was a sentence full of horrible things. You're like, at least they do all of it. They do all of it because it's not just murder. And then they're like. Uh, we don't steal sons around here. Uh, okay. 
Well, let's go through some of the crimes that uh, that Fuster talks about in the introduction. This is just like these are like little tastes of what the what this book is actually all about. I think there's something like eleven chapters, like eleven really great dives uh, into uh, a bunch of crimes. Like some of the chapters are Z for Zorro, D for devotion, <laughs> an undignified death, rise and fall of the artful dodger. Pleading the belly. All oh, of yes. this are episodes of Red Shoe Diaries. <laughs> yes, especially the uh, the rise and fall oh, of the artful Dodger. <laughs> yes, indeed. Oh my. Well, here's one. That, here's one that he talks about uh, that happened in February of two thousand and eight. He said Frederick Walkuski kidnapped his former lover Donna Pridham from her car, leaving Ms. Pridham's toddler son alone in the back seat. Walkuski forced the object of his affection into another vehicle and sped away. In any other city, Ms. Pridham would have been taken to an abandoned warehouse or garden shed blindfolded and chained to a chair. But in Adelaide, kidnappers do things differently. Walkuski drove his beloved to an isolated shack miles from the nearest town and led her gently inside. He had filled the tiny dwelling with Ms. Pridham's favorite food and DVDs, as well as clothing he had bought in her size. Oh, hold on a second. So he must have... How did he know all of these things about her? Former lover. Oh, former lover. Yeah, that's what I said at the beginning. Yeah, former lover. Former lover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He planned for them to spend the rest of their lives together sequestered in his love shack. Is that not necessarily, though, honestly... Just marriage? Yeah, but she <laughs> no, it's not. It's kidnapping. Yeah, I it's hundred percent like, kidnapping. Yeah, so if, like if the pastor or the person doing your wedding is like, okay, now it's time for the I do's, and the chick is like, I don't, I don't, I want to go. Uh, um, I don't think so. It's, it's Australia. It's upside down. <laughs> oh, I see. That is wow. I wonder how we. That's a lot of money to put into the kidnapping. So what is this, when it comes to Adelaide? Their police department must literally be like. Don't litter. It must, it must be like speeding, <laughs> seatbelt violations, and then like, we found another corpse in a barrel. Like, it's like, it must be the straight, because it was a very peaceful, pretty place. And everywhere we've gone in Australia, they demand seatbelts be worn. Like, so I know it's, they are very concerned with relatively minor, uh, you know, problems. Actually, speaking of bodies in a barrel, in uh, the first chapter, this guy says that there were two different bodies killed by two different groups of people uh, in barrels found about 100 yards from each other about two weeks apart. So you know for a fact the person who makes the barrels, like... They're, it's good business. Yeah. Honestly, oh, yeah. they, they and the to... Snowtown guys, they were all about barrels. Like... They love barrels in Adelaide. What if we just start taking our podcast money uh-huh. and investing in barrels? In barrels. <laughs> in Australia. Yeah. Adelaide Barrel Company. Honestly, that's, that's a, we're leaving money on a table here. Absolutely. And lamb. <laughs> oh, 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 I love lamb. And we buy like 10 lamps. Also, I mean, speaking of food here, the food is, has been really good. Although the boys, Marcus and Henry, they did try kangaroo. I did not have it yet, yes. but it, it, what was that like? It was just, it was uh, not a preparation that it should be. I don't know. It was done, it was served cold. It was uh, seared. Served cold. And it just wasn't correct. It's supposed to be stewed, right? They, I've heard many now interpretations. As I put up a video of us eating it, I've heard many people have been like, this is the only way you can eat roux. Oh, you can't eat roux. You'll feed it in the door. You all like do oh. different levels of what what is different, very intense opinions about kangaroo. I'm yeah. sure. 
Well, here's another one. Celebrity was on the mind of another of Adelaide's twisted citizens. Depending on when you met him and how much money you had, the concrete pumper would introduce himself. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. We can't let that go. Okay, I think, concrete pumper, I that was his name? No, no, I, I think I put the inflection on the wrong words. The concrete pumper. Like, concrete pumping was his business. Yeah, that was the not... concrete pumper, Wallace. Yeah, he loved that fucking was... concrete. That is what his job was. He's like, the best fall is you gotta get in there before it settles. Oh, look at it. I'm like a little owls. It's a little owls. This guy would introduce himself as either Romeo Pacifico or... Richie Sambora. That's awesome. <laughs> Richie, that is, wow. Well, the thing is, is that Romeo Pacifico was his real name. Really? But he was a con man. Richie, he was a big Bon Jovi fan. Oh, my gosh. And Richie Sambora, he would go by Richard Sambora. Um, it's oh. Richard. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and that was, that was his con man name. It's but, so funny. He was born with a con man name. Just go with your... Romeo Pacifico. Is, that's incredible. Romeo, I am Romeo the Concrete Pumper Pacifico. <laughs> but that means there's someone in a retirement home right now just being like, the bass is the bassist. Uh, he's the guitarist. The guitarist from Bon Jovi robbed me once. And they're like, how did you even meet Richard Sambora? And he'd be like, well, actually, listen to this. In either identity, Pacifico was a consummate fraudster who swindled more than $25 million Woo! from banks and businesses. The money funded an extravagant lifestyle of luxury cars and top-of-the-line building equipment before his crimes were detected. And in an absurd twist... The real Richie Sambora had to retain lawyers in Adelaide to represent him until the courts were satisfied he had no involvement in the scam. Why would he have an involvement in his Bon Jovi's? There's no way I was there, man. I had to open a Cabo Wabo in Newark. (laughs) So he had to fly out to Adelaide and just be like, that's not me. Look at my gold rings. At the very least, he had to have that weird 7 a.m., 7 p.m. conversation from New Jersey. Jersey to Adelaide. Oh my it's not to the me, world. man. He's sex so much fun. man, like, will you listen to Jovi? At least let Jovi tell you. I was standing right next to him. I've never seen this man before in my life. Oh, Jovi! Fly from your grave. Fly from your grave. All right, now listen to this other this other one. June Bussin. Okay. Or maybe it's Busen. That could be Busen. She grew murderously tired of her cancer-stricken husband, Dennis. In December of 2003, her need for affection drove her into the arms of another man. Though happy with James Slade, she felt she would never be truly free until Dennis, her husband, was dead. Uh Uh-oh. And so, one month after the affair began, Busen and her lover stood over the cancer-stricken man. He was gone. He was dying of cancer. He just had to wait. Just wait. And they commenced what prosecutors called a vicious attack of the most dreadful kind. That night, in the bedroom he'd shared with his wife, Dennis sustained 80 injuries, 56 of them stab wounds, at the hands of the new lovers. Just days later, as police investigated the crime, Busen and Slade moved into that same room together and continued their love tryst. And each is now serving a life sentence. But honestly, just wait. Because then you get the insurance money. Right. And you can can go in with, you just got your boyfriend on deck for when the husband's dead. Or you could do kind of like, well, you know, ever see the movie Breaking the Waves? No, I never saw that one. It's, it's fucking, it's sad. It's okay. done by the guy, same guy you did. What was the Blind Bjork movie? Dancer, uh, Dancer in the Dark. In the dark. Oh, yeah. yes. That that sad motherfucker. He made this movie called Breaking the Waves, and I believe it was about a guy, 
want to say it's a guy whose dick was broken. He was he was paralyzed uh, in action. Did he, he, did he break it in the waves? No, I, well, no. Is it in the water? Are you talking about the one uh, with the guy that played Saul Star in Deadwood and Helen Hunt? No, that's the one where he was he was in a wheelchair and Harold, Harold, Helen Hunt was giving fucking j- jerking him off because the doctor told him to. Yeah, for yeah. therapy. Yeah, 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 which is I mean honestly, it's great therapy. Wonderful, yeah. But I mean, I'm breaking the waves. The whole thing is that the guy's dick doesn't work, so he gives really. Yeah, I forget. It was like yada yada yada. His character doesn't work anymore. <laughs> but it, he gives his wife permission to take lovers. Okay. To make like to satisfy sure. her, so she'd stay. So the cancer guy at some point could have flipped it and been like, you know, just like you guys just like squirk it in front of me, and maybe one of you guys can give me a tug while we're doing this. You know, you could have worked it out. You could have negotiated this whole relationship. You know, for some reason, I don't think these people were really reasonable. I, 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 don't, I don't. They were thinking in the proper uh, in the proper way. But you know, also when your significant other dies, you get widow sympathy. So she really just missed out on everything. Yeah, because mm-hmm. she could have caught a bunch of dicks, right? Just, <laughs> right just having a dead husband. You could have not just gotten a ham. You could have met the mayor. And then, yes, dating a mayor is him kidnapping you, but then you're a mayor's wife. Exactly. You got the sash. That is exactly what your mother is doing right now, isn't it? Well, I don't think that she... I don't see her grooming any men yet. Except there is a new... The guy that's building the pool... Really? He might be on the docket. (laughs) (laughs) My father's just there. He's like... Because he still has a gun. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And my father's not... He's not a cuck. No, he's not. No, he'd be really upset. No, we saw the photos of him dancing at your wedding. He can cut a rug and shoot a gun. He can. Absolutely. He's legally allowed to have a gun. Yeah. Which he shouldn't probably. Well, here's another story. And remember, all these are just from the introduction of the book. Okay. Like these, and there are so much, so much more to read in here. This is one about Michelle Burgess, the queen of Adelaide's killers. Ooh. Her weapon was not a blade or a gun. But her body. Mm. Oh, oh my God! He's <laughs> a rugby player. You know what I do? I, I pour the kerosene in my butthole. I throw him in butthole Tuesdays. Burns him. Burns him. Starting at the ball bag. She used her body to cultivate multiple lovers, then played them off against each other to get what she wanted. Smart. In 2000, what she wanted was Kevin Matthews all to herself. Oh yeah. He felt the same way, meaning his wife Carolyn. Had to go. Got to go. This is when you have the conversation. We we need a divorce. We've talked about this before. Just break up. Just it, go. Just break. Just, just go. Leave. Even yeah. if you literally, I know this is um, this is not really this is not great advice. But if you're gonna kill somebody to get out of the relationship, just fucking ghost them. Get your shit and disappear. That's all you got to do. If sure. you're contemplating murder, then is it worse? To just leave? Just but, no. I mean, that's the thing with the, when we've talked about Bonnie and Clyde for these last three episodes. You could ghost back then. Now, when you got a ghost, you got a block, you got to do the whole thing. You can't ghost anymore. You can ghost. You get on a bus. Honestly. There's really, if you want to get out of town, uh-huh. you buy a bus because that's the last anonymous way to travel. You get uh-huh. out of the country, go up to another place, and then you burn, like, where we're at, you get a, one of these Qantas flights. You get one of these little, like, little domestic Great flights where they, they don't even check the IDs. Yeah. We were in there. They're not checking any IDs. They don't do any security in an Australian airport. Absolutely. When you go to the Australian airport, you remember that the TSA is a total sham and a complete fraud because everything's safe. Yeah. And they don't make you feel like a terrorist. Yeah, there are people waiting for their families at the gate like it's 1989. It's, it's so nice. nice. It's wholesome. Yeah, I love it. But that's how you get out. 
You do like it. You get on a train. You get out, and you can just make up a Facebook. Be Romeo Pacifico. Make yeah. the make the, the LinkedIn profile of Romeo Pacifico. Put up your picture, Wait, and that's it. You're literally describing how Adelaide got populated. <laughs> that is why it is like the murder weird capital of the world. Well, Michelle Burgess arranged for this other dude that she was fucking, David Key, to carry out the hit of Kevin Matthews' wife under her supervision. This is the power of a woman. That's why men are just tools. Yeah. They are dude, tools for women. Look at the picture of Michelle. This is the woman. This is the woman's whose body... This is the woman's whose body... Well, she could have killed a lot of people, yeah. Uh, she actually... what? She looks like... Casey Anthony's less attractive cousin. Yes. Yeah. But you know, she's got a she's got a sinister stare to her that I find to be quite. Uh, she must got some kind of swirl. Oh going yes, on. this I is her much like, younger. Yeah, yeah I she's get got it. a nice smile, I guess. Yeah, 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 she's got a mischievous glint. She's definitely got a this. I mean, this groom is a fucking dead man. Well, yeah. the funny thing <laughs> is, <laughs> she certainly married a man with a mullet. So yeah. he's which is the, much more prevalent here than I thought it would be. And yeah. honestly, I like a mullet. I love I'm just it. gonna say. So she's got that classic poodle hairdo when women just went to the same groomer as her dog, and so it's puffy. <laughs> on the sides, and then she's got the mullet man there. So interesting-looking people. They match for the wedding. Perfect. Well, she watched as her puppet stabbed Carolyn Matthews in her own home, all the while shouting, Killer, be a man! Show me you love me! Yeah! And the murder was a... <laughs> that is so hard to do! Yeah. And the murder was a success, but the cover-up was not. Oh, really? Burgess, Matthews, and Key all went to jail for their hideous crime, Undaunted, Burgess seduced a male prison guard to ensure her time in custody was as comfortable and sexually charged as possible. I oh, I wanted to see what you like. What is her approach? Is it been like? Can't help but notice your dick's dry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, how about I get it? I get it a little bit of my gulch. Do you want to explore my gulch? You sexy prison cap. Yeah, I have a feeling it wasn't extremely difficult to seduce this prison guard. I'm sure he was extremely desperate for any kind of affection. I don't know. I guess you're in prison and you're watching all these people around. It's got to be difficult. I guess... Well, mm -hmm. and let's be honest. I mean, the prison sex uh, sort of trope is extremely common. Behind bars, hot and sweaty, all that kind of stuff. So I guess you just flip it in reverse. You make it a saucy situation, like a sandals resort. Like a sandals. Yes. I, oh yeah, absolutely. If you see me in jail for my long stint for tax evasion at some point, mm -hmm. I'm definitely... No, we are forcing you not to evade taxes. I'm trying not to. No, I'm trying not to. No, you don't. You have to try to. It's yeah. easy not to. I guess so. Because you have to pay the taxes. I guess. I guess true. But I want to go, if I go to jail, real Southern Belle. You're going to be a Southern belle. You're like, I'll do declare. The, I'll do, I'll, those are my Cheetos. You are oh, going to get domed in, by, in more ways than one. But if I'm charming, like if you come off like a disarming, like a young Dolly Parton in jail, and then just come to me for relationship advice. Do you have any idea what that would act? So your idea is to become weaker when you go into jail. No, be a fun gossip. <laughs> you want to be a gossip? Gossip? cut hair if I learn how to cut hair and be a fun gossip and be like, what I heard was that Jerry's in he's a child molester. So you better kill him in the show. So you wanna be a you wanna be a you wanna be a Southern Bell snitch. Yeah, for <laughs> other against other prisoners, but you build alliances. Yeah. And just I go cut and to I you in solitary confinement, just wearing your own shit as a wig. <laughs> like, I'm still a Southern Bell. Just a lady as always. <laughs> 
Well, Adelaide has a, at least three different serial murder sprees. Uh, 1980s, that's uh, the family murders. Five young men were killed. Well, the oh. thing about the family murders is that it's deeply connected. They believe, it's a lot of theory built into this whole story, is that it's connected deep within the Australian government and the entertainment oh. industry. So there, there's, a, there, there's a belief that a system of men that they wanted to say, it's at least five dudes, built a community... Of murderers and rapists that they would essentially steal boys and they would use them and the way so like every one like, of these dudes died every one of these poor victims died of of blood blood loss from an anal injury oh, think about how think that about is that so brutal it is incredibly brutal but the the way it got solved well one of them got solved one guy went to jail for one of the crimes I forget his name just one just one they, but he, they tried to pin the other crimes on him but they couldn't get enough evidence together and so he was it was because he murdered the son of a very famous television anchor in Australia oh. and of course that's what gets the fucking police moving because well, he's literally controlling the news well he just yeah if you don't want the story to be out I wouldn't recommend him murdering the a news anchor's child yeah, uh, that'll definitely get the story out there for sure. But that story's fucking wild. That's crazy. Yeah, and then there was also the Truro killings, which I don't know anything about those. He just lists them here, but that eight young women were killed in the 1970s. Jeez. And then, of course, there's the Snowden murders that we and all like, know about, which were going absolutely... I know we've been talking about covering them for like a three years or so, ever since we did Australian serial killers, but I think we got to cover it. I think we literally need to do, like... I'll get the let out like an Australian block. Well, we already long. did it once, yeah. I know we got to do it like again because some of these crimes are absolutely fascinating. It's it is just we got to get to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. from your grave. Well, like I said, like I haven't got too far into the book, okay. uh, but I did read the first chapter, uh, and I'm not going to ruin it for everybody. I want people to read this book. I want people to buy this book. It's fucking Who, great. Who's the author again? Uh, Sean Fuster. All it's right. called City of Evil, the shocking real story of Adelaide's strange and violent underbelly. Oh, my. Uh, apparently it was it's made... It was made into a TV series. Yes, the book does have a little circle that says, as seen on TV. Well, was, so, the book was on TV. No, it, was it on wasn't. TV. No, it wasn't the book was on TV. It was made into a TV series, like a oh, documentary series. I thought it the book no, was just sold on television. No, it wasn't. <laughs> like, you know, like, thing, no, it's not like a fucking, it's not uh, like it, Flex Seal. Okay, I was, thinking, <laughs> I was thinking it was like Flex Seal. And I'm like, okay, it was a famous book in itself. Well, this, uh, the one that he talks about in the, in the very first chapter involves two women. Uh, their last names are McGinnis and Casa Grande. Ooh. They've got crazy names here. They do. I love it. Big old house. Yeah, absolutely. But the, uh, <laughs> love it. the, uh, the victim in this case, uh, it's just, it's one guy. Uh, his name was John Lillycrap. No, it was not. It's, I think it's. It, I cannot. It's L I L L E C R A P P. I cannot think of any other way to pronounce it than Lily. Is, lily is crap. it Lily Crap? That is Lily Crap. That's Lily. Poor guy. He was a crop. It, but it, it might, it might, it might be. But the thing is that this oh, guy, uh, John, but John liked to go by Joanne. Uh, okay. John, John was like kind of a, or Joanne was kind of a neighborhood character. Okay. Uh, and like, and was it was. Uh, 
Was it a transgender situation? It was not a transgender. Joanne just liked to wear women's clothing. Oh, And, like, dresses up. Yeah, still like, yeah, I am Joanne, but, you know, but... Yeah, like, more of a drag performer or something like that. Cross-dressing type thing. Yeah, cross-dressing, but not, like, a a performer or anything, just, like, a really nice guy that helped people out in the neighborhood. And he might have identified as a woman, but I don't know. We don't know. This is... We're in slippery (laughs) fucking ground here, because we don't know these things. We have the. I guess is there a book to read? This is the book. Yeah, I mean, maybe he never clarified. But uh, really, like, what happened is that he took in these two women uh, that were uh, they were lovers, but they were also hardcore heroin addicts. Uh. And so Joanne took care of him. Joanne Lillycrap took care of him for a long fucking time, like really, like trying to get him, you know, b- b- lift him up. Uh-huh. Uh, but they, yeah, they stole uh, Joanne's camera uh, and then demanded. Money. That's not how it works. No. Yeah, yeah, they you, demanded no. money, and he's like, he's like, I'm not giving you any money. You stole my camera. And they're like, We'll buy you another camera. He's like, Nope, I'm, I'm keeping the money. So they stabbed him to death uh, and dismembered the body for a camera. For well, for money. For the money. For but... money. For heroin. Oh, and the thing oh. is that the women actually, one of the women turned herself in so she could get methadone. That's how bad she was jonesing. She turned herself in. She's like, I committed a murder. I will tell you all about the murder if you give me methadone. Oh, my God. And so wow. since that she, she just pretty much gave it, she told the police, like, yeah, I'll tell you whatever you want, that she gave the police one of the most detailed stories of a dismemberment that I have ever read in my life. It's all in this book. Can you give some, what's a couple of yeah. Let's drop some. Let's drop some fucking something gross in there. I really wonder what that would be like because we obviously covering um, covering Dahmer and stuff and all these serial killers that have dismembered people. We kind of know a little bit about it. Um, it's just it seems like a really uh, difficult process. And it was a very long, difficult process because Joanne was very large. It's like, really just, difficult to dismember a body. It I, takes a lot of heavy fucking material. You need a hacksaw. You need yep. at least a bone saw. Snapping the bones is really difficult. <sighs> yeah, they used a blunt hacksaw and an axe uh, in this one. What uh, was that? With an axe. Here it is. They said, uh, we tried to lift her, and when that didn't work, both her legs came off at the groin. Because they cut the head off first. Now, is that the right way to... I don't even know. I'm not not sure what the right way is. Well, technically... You could disembowel it. You get like you do a deer. Like imagine a, right. like a deer, where if you if you could find a way to either get some kind of way to hoist up the body, of and course, then you can b- b- let the blood out. No, during deer hunting season, every garage in Wisconsin looks like it's Ed Gein's playground. Yeah, it's just, just disgusting. Yeah, they said the worst bit was the torso. She was so fat. Anyway, I got. Well, I could have done without the insult. <laughs> it's I am very yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I got the stay sharp knife and cut all the fat off Joanne's stomach, and we wrapped her back in the blanket. And then after that, they buried the stomach and the body fat in Joanne's prized strawberry patch. Whoa! And then they took the head in a bucket 
and they took the torso in a four-wheel drive, and then they went about 100 kilometers out the city, uh, and then they put all that shit in a barrel, uh-huh. filled it with gas, and then set it on fire. Just you know, cut to someone eating a strawberry shortcake, being like, hmm, this is the best strawberry I've ever had. I just <laughs> think it's interesting that they say that heroin addicts are lazy. That's a good point. Because <laughs> that's a lot of work. That's oh, a lot of work. And they, they must were, have been so strung out. that I, They were so amazingly strong. <sighs> Strung out, and that's the thing is that the addi- after they got rid of the body, the addiction plus the paranoia, like they were like, we're gonna get caught. Of course, we're gonna get yeah. caught. We're gonna get caught. We're Very gonna get possible. caught. So they just went in. They said like, well, we're gonna get caught anyway. So let's just go in. We'll confess. They'll, they'll give us the methadone. The thing is, the cops kept saying so, like, yeah, yeah, we'll give you methadone. Just keep. We need more detail. We just need a little bit more detail. Just a little bit. So they just gave them everything, step by step by step by step. Exactly- and it's all in this book. And then at the end, they're like, all right, give me my methadone. They go, nah. That is exactly no. what Dick Tracy did to Mumbles and Dick Tracy. <laughs> but with water. But with water. The water, the water and it came yeah. out of the penis. Yeah, Which was, how many bodies do you guys think are actually in the outback? Oh. Unidentified, just God. bones upon bones. There must be thousands. Mm-hmm. Well, not all, just people just straight up buried. Because that was what people, we were talking a little bit about it with various people who grew up in the outback. And they, they all kind of say the same thing. That technically... It's uninhabited, right? There's right. a lot of areas where it's like there's no like official town. It's like little dotted real communities. But you know for a fact that there are real off the grid totally people living out there, and I'm certain, I'm certain that that I mean, if you're gonna get rid of a body, why yeah. would you not go drop it in the middle of the fucking house? Well, we had a couple of great fans that we actually met at that dive bar last night who drove twelve hours no, I think it was six hours. To see the show. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we literally have a town. I think it was 12,000. They said that was the biggest town within probably an 18-hour radius. Yeah. So that is crazy small. And while we're here, if you are listening, I mean, I would love to hear any other town-specific stories about Australian true crime or wiggly stories. If you lived in the Outback or know anything about it, because I'm... So fascinating. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yes, yeah. please stories. email side stories lpotl at gmail.com. Absolutely, we will talk about it. So anyway, so that is the book. Thank you all so much for giving. We got multiple copies of the City of Evil by Sean Fuster. Yeah, and uh, we actually met his buddy Daniel, who was a professional wrestler. There were so many great people we've met. Uh, on this trip so far, yeah. everyone is so incredibly cool and sweet. And we're and- no, we're not even. Done with it. Yeah, not, you don't. You don't, You're done with it because this isn't the future that you're listening to. But we're at the very start of our trip. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're at the very start. We're halfway through right now. Halfway. We've still got uh, shows in Sydney, uh, Brisbane, and Melbourne to go. But by the time that you, listener, hear this, we'll be we'll be done. How we'll long? be dead. Oh, I can't <laughs> believe the plane crashed. No, actually. Don't do this, because I had somebody fucking uh, send a message to me recently. It was like, I had a dream that you guys all died in a plane crash. Cool. And I was like, fucking great. Cool. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Great. Oh, awesome. Well, I mean, the dream is not going to cause the engine to fail. <laughs> no. It's okay. <laughs> the plane will be just fine. And I actually have dreams of plane crashes when I'm on the plane. And those are trippy nightmares. I bet. Very trippy That's nightmares. That's horrifying, Kissel. Lean in and just yeah. let it go. You yeah, know? it's true. I mean, again, if we're going to go, at least I'm not the pilot. 
I yeah. guess. Although planes did. Yeah, you know what? Let, you're right. Let's not talk about it. Mm-hmm. I don't need to. We have to travel a yeah. lot on planes. Like we've got about four or five more flights ahead. Yeah. Of us. Yeah. yeah. Honestly. And all throughout this year. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, but yes, thanks for all who came out to our shows. It was wonderful to see you all. You were wonderful. And we have more shows. Coming up in the very near future, back in America. America, America. So, July 18th, we're going to be in Oakland. Cannot wait. Oakland, California. This is the first time we've ever been there, right? Ah, Can't wait to go to Oakland. Cannot wait. Um, of course, we got Comic Con coming right up in beautiful San Diego, and we're doing a free, we're doing like a thing for streams there at, yes. uh, during Comic Con. But we have an actual show, yes. same place we did last year, yeah, at the Balboa, I believe, in San Diego, which yes. is going to be a great time. Very, very excited. And yeah. then and we're going to be in L. A. Los Angeles at the fucking Cemetery, dude. Absolutely. Yeah. So San Diego, that show is going to be on July twentieth, and then July twenty first, Los Angeles. It is my birthday, so I'm going to do that. Yeah. And I am 34 years old. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that wow. Nice? Looking incredible. Wow. Thank you. Wow. Um, but that is going to be awesome. That's going to be outdoors, in this cemetery. It's going to be so much freaking fun. Uh, cannot wait to be there. Mm-hmm. And then a whole... Po- I can't wait. Honestly, these are all cities I've never been to. we got St. Paul. Yep. Which I'm really excited for. Des Moines. What are we doing in Des Moines? Des Moines, I heard, is a super fun party town if you just like to sit and drink. That's, I, I love that. Sure. Yeah. We, so we are getting good at it. Yeah, great at it. It's called yeah. the addiction. Yeah. yeah. And then on August 10th, we got Milwaukee. Uh, and then uh, August 16th, 17th, and 18th, that's going to be Atlantic City, Bethlehem, and Port Chester. And then uh, after that, we've got our uh, European tour. Woo! Oh, my yeah. God. We have to leave the country again? Again. Yeah. Oh, is, my God. I have God. never been so many places. <laughs> it's incredible. I, honestly, this is... This has been mind blowing. It really has been. Like li- leaving the United States of America is just man. It's it's crazy. I don't know how to put it. I've never done any of this shit before. The funny thing is, Australia is so similar to America. If you are worried about traveling out here and be like, oh, what's that going to be like? So chill. Everyone's so cool. Yeah. Uh, just if you can stand the plane ride. Once you're here, it's like. It's awesome. So. Man, I was just... I have no fucking butt meat at well, all. Well, this is so actually... 15 hours, yes. my fucking rim <laughs> was just on the seat. Yeah, we were flying down here, and I took Trazodone, so I slept for 13 hours, uh, which was really amazing. The stewardess was like... Impressed, which was cool as hell. She should have been putting a mirror up to her mouth to see if the breath was still going. Yeah, like a mafia's funeral. Yeah. I, a mafia man funeral. But I go up to Henry and I'm like, hi, bro, how you doing, dude? I was like well rested and shit. He looked like he was just so, like someone who was living in Chernobyl now. Just like so <laughs> devastated. I'm like, have you not slept at all? And he's just like, my asshole is on the seat. But then it turns out. I was sitting on the buckle. <laughs> you sat I sat on the, the buckle the for like four hours. <laughs> and I kept being like, what's my fucking answer? What's my fucking answer? So messed up. You were 38,000 feet in the air sitting on a piece of brass. What is it? It's, 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 it's a steel. Not, it's, it's a piece it's of metal. It's steel. It's stainless steel. I was balanced on the rim of my asshole on a seat buckle going 500 miles per hour in the sky. <laughs> so don't do that when you fly, folks. Yeah, always yeah. check the seat. Yeah, make sure you don't have your asshole directly on the buckle. Also, um, I'll tell you what. The also the, another pro tip about a fifteen-hour flight is: don't get drunk in the first third. 
Because oh. then you become hungover. Is that what happened by to the you? last third? No, I started edging toward drunk, and I realized what I was doing as I was like, I was like, I'm a little too comfortable right now. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call. Get drunk at the end or in the middle? Then I guess the problem is that then you show up and it's the beginning of a new day in Australia, and then you, you show up and you're just like, oh fuck, <laughs> like I'm Gerard right. Depardieu with wine drunk pissing in the plane. I bet you he sat on some buckles, too. Yeah. Yeah. From belt buckles. Absolutely. Um, All right, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening. We love you. Hail yourselves. Hail, Satan. Again. Magustulations. And, hey, man, why don't you uh, give Australia a try? That's a great new catchphrase. (laughs) This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. 